Hey readers, um, ooh, that was scary. I didn't mean to come off that creepy. Hi, it's Danny, and this is the Ice Planet Podcast, the podcast where we read and discuss every book in Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarian series. And it has been a minute, for which I apologize. Um, life has been really crazy for me in 2020, and I don't love it, I'll say that. Beyond the pandemic, if you didn't know, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, um, like a few months ago, well, six months ago, almost exactly. And so for a while she was in the hospital, then she was out, then she was in, then she was out. And so that's how my life kind of was for a while. It was up and then it was down and then it was up and then it was down. We have held steady for the past few months and I'm going to go with that. That's just fine. I don't need anything else to change. Honestly, for good or bad at this moment, I can't take any, no more change. No change in 2020. Um, what am I going to talk about? I apologize. Let's just get this out of the way. I feel really bad for how long it's taken me to get this new episode up. I will let you know that. And when I know it's really weird, the longer it took me to get this together, like the more embarrassed I got about publishing a new episode. It was weird. The longer it took me, the less motivated and more embarrassed I got to put up a new one, which you know, doesn't really work at all. That means nothing gets done. So I want to get over that. So here we are. I will say I have two more episodes recorded that I hopefully once I get through this hump, you know, it's always starting. That's the hardest thing. So I've got two more episodes recorded that I'm going to edit and get up and we will wind this down. I think there's only like two more, two more books. I have not, maybe just one. There may just be one book I have not yet, um, recorded and we can wind this down. I didn't mean for this to be a year-long journey, but I mean, no one meant for anything in 2020 to happen as it did. So um, let's see, what do I have? Oh, I guess uh, I really don't have much, honestly. Um, I've just felt really, you know, like how we all kind of felt, unmoored. I don't know what's going on. I'm still working from home, which I'm kind of glad about because it helps with taking care of my mom, but I still don't have any kind of structure we're still, things keep opening and things keep closing and then things keep opening and then things keep closing. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I guess I should be a little less hard on myself. Like no one is waiting <laughs> with bated breath for this to come out in light of all of the other bullshittery that is happening in the world. So I'll take comfort in that. Um, I guess I'll wind it down. I don't want to chat your ear off, especially since I'm just getting back into this game. Um, let's go with the usual things. If you would like, I'm going to get back on the Twitter. I've been... I, well, maybe I won't. Oh, let me not make that promise. I took Twitter off my phone, which I honestly highly recommend, but I will make an effort and I will make it a point to get on the Ice Planet podcast Twitter and just tweet some foolishness, which again, I think we could all use. Um, but yeah, if you would like to follow that foolishness and or tweet your own foolishness to me, listen, I would love to see whatever Ice Planet foolishness you've got, whether they're kind of ridiculous memes, even just theories, even it's just like, I'm a hoe for Beck. I don't care. Just tweet it at me. Please, someone tweet I'm a hoe for Beck for me. I would appreciate that. Um, but you can do all that at Ice Planet Pod. If you would like to email me, you can also email me at contact at iceplanetpod.com. And yeah, I think that's enough. I'm really out of practice. I don't remember what I used to say during this part. Um, I will say thank you, as always. I really do appreciate, you know, the... No, the people who have come together around this absolute ridiculous podcast. And I'm so grateful 
for everyone who has interacted positively with me. That was another thing that sort of got to me. Someone left a very negative review and then they sent it to me personally. And it's like, did 2020 need that additional energy? No, it didn't. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not about to get upset between someone who doesn't know the difference between a WordPress website and iTunes. So thank you. I'm sorry I couldn't have been better about keeping it together this year, but I think uh, it was just a hard year. (laughs) So, yes, this is Barbarian's Rescue. This is Summer's book, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's going to come out. I just be upfront about it. This is my least favorite book. I'm so sorry, because I know there are a lot of people who love Warwick, but I just, oh, we'll get into it. Yeah, so I'm joined in this episode by Jenny from the Wicked Wild, Wicked Wallflowers podcast. So, and we had a good time. We were both just beaten up by this pandemic. So it was nice <laughs> to take a break and talk about these really lovey-dovey blue aliens. Um, I, I said I was going to stop like two minutes ago and I'm still talking. I'm really going to stop now. So I hope you're all taking care of yourselves. I hope you're wearing your mask. I hope you're washing your hands. I hope you're doing that even if there wasn't a pandemic, by the way. I hope you're being gentle on yourself and kind with yourself and telling yourself you're doing what you can as you can, because that's what I'm trying to do too. Practice, you know, self-care, self-love. Um, and yeah, enjoy. I'll be here at the end to wrap us up. See ya. haven't put a wicked wallflowers episode out for the last three weeks with like no explanation to anyone because i'm just like you know what i'm overwhelmed and i'm not i just don't even i don't know what to do so and yeah i don't blame you i haven't even been able to listen to some because i stopped so like the thing happened and i just stepped back and my mom got sick and i stopped listening and now my like new episode because my podcast catcher lists them all is so overwhelming that i'm like i don't i'm it's a little yeah so at some point yeah so it's it's our time. So thank you for there. doing this. Of course. <laughs> so we did. So just to review, barbarians rescue. I I keep calling this one barbarians tease. <laughs> and like I double checked the one I sent you. It's Summer's book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. The chatty one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I hope that's what we're talking about because that's what yes. I'm ready to talk about. <laughs> yes, that's good. For some reason, like every time, like when I named the outline, it was Barbarian's Tease. That's the next one. I'm like a book ahead and okay. it's messing me up. So yes, yeah, so Barbarian's Rescue. <laughs> I can't keep titles and character names straight anyway. So when they all sound similar, I'm screwed. Like it's just not going to happen. I've done this whole series and I still could not tell you. Like, if you were to tell me a character's name, I could not tell you the title of their book. With the exception of a very few where it, like, directly ties in to, like, the plot of the book. There yeah, is- I listened to this one on audio and they kept, like, listing characters and I would be like, wait, is that the- uh, no, I don't- okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess we sort of just started the episode, it feels yeah. like, because I was about to yeah. ask you, what did you think of the audio? Uh, it was good. It was interesting. Um, the, it's the only one that I've listened to on audio. Oh, okay. Um, I, I just like, 
I wasn't going to get time to read it or reread it. So I was like, screw it. I'm just, it gave me the option to add the audio. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I can like listen to it when I'm walking. My daughter has to walk in her stroller to take a nap. She won't nap if she's not moving. So I was like, I can listen while I'm getting her to sleep. So um, the, have you listened to any of them? I've listened to almost all of them. (laughs) So I found it really interesting. The male narrator kind of sounds like Antonio Banderas. (laughs) That's what I said in like the first episode. He's doing an accent. Yeah. Not entirely sure. Or maybe it's his natural voice. I'm not. But then he falls into the American accent really cleanly. So I was like, wait, what's your real accent? It's so yeah. So all of the barbarians sound like slight like. Like a little Latin lovery, which, and it is I don't know. a sort of Spanish accent, right? Like yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Okay, yeah. So that was kind of threw me at first, and then once I got used to it, I was like, okay, no, this is fine. Yeah, it, it's so funny. And when he does his his woman voice, can sometimes I don't know. I mean, it's I don't. That's a complaint though that goes throughout all of audiobook dumb. I feel is when some men try to do female voices. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I've just started narrating audiobooks. And oh, it's really? such a like weird, stressful thing because I know how much it bothers me when either men can't get women's voices right or women can't get men's voices right. So every time I'm doing it, it's just like in the back of my head and I get sort of intimidated by it. But I think my voice is naturally so deep <laughs> that I can like slip into man voice a little bit more easily. I don't know. Maybe I bother people and I just don't know it, but... <laughs> Well, I will say I am more forgiving. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's going. It's when they go up. I'm more forgiving yeah. when women try to do men's voices and then they drop their voices low like this. Like I don't know. That doesn't bother me as much as like men putting on this fake Trying falsetto. Trying to do like, falsetto. sound like a lady. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, that's that's not what women sound like. <laughs> but like you know what they're trying. Yeah. So that's interesting. So this is your first audio foray into the series, but you yeah. have read other books in the series I yeah think. and I yeah. I cannot tell you titles and I haven't read them all and I haven't read them in order <laughs> and like half the time I don't even I think I read them too fast so then afterwards I'm like wait what happened again like it yeah so I had to go back and look at this one again I swear I can blow through them in like two hours yeah less. they're like I don't Pringles. Know. yeah yeah they are, I was trying to think of that earlier, and I was like, this is brain candy. It's yeah. just, like, snack-sized, and I gobble it up, and it's delightful. Yeah. And I will say, though, after doing these, it can be hard if you're trying to sit down and do a plot-by-plot discussion to talk about it. Because some of them, this one is not, like, some of them, this one has a lot of plot. But some of them don't have a lot of plot. It's literally, like, <laughs> I kidnapped a lady and took her to a cave, and now we're having sex. And it's like, when I try to like, we try to discuss it in the episode, and it's like, it's like mush. It's like, I think they did this. Was this where the blowjob happened? Or was that later? <laughs> and it's like trying to put together this plot line and it's insane. So yeah, the I plot get that becomes too. just the sex. Just the and sex, like, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. When, as I went to download the audio for this one, I saw my favorite reviews are always the too much sex reviews. And <laughs> so there was a woman can. who'd left a like, it was good, and, you know, I liked the, the sort of adventure components, but there was just too much sex, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> but then that made me hyper-aware of it, 
and it they don't do it for a really long time it's like the halfway mark before anything happens and it's like 75 percent before they actually do the thing yeah but i think and i've had this discussion i think what it is is because like ruby dixon when she writes these scenes they're so detailed and they're paced so slowly this isn't like a like she describes everything, like what's going on. Every the foreplay is so long. I think that's what we realize. It's because the foreplay is so long, and like it's they love cunnilingus and all that stuff, and everything yes, is described. Do. You're like yes, they do. <laughs> everything <laughs> is described in like detail that I'm sure. Like I don't read a lot of erotica, but like if you're like used to reading like maybe like the mass market books where sometimes they fade to black or sometimes they sort of are more coy about it. Or not even more coy. They're just like, it doesn't take as much. The scene is not as... Just like the actual word count. Yes. It's not even that they're doing it that many times. It's just like explicit. Yes. You're getting all the details. (laughs) That's what kind of got me at first. I'm like, nothing in this book is too kinky or wild. And they're not doing anything I haven't read in other books. It's just, we are sitting with it. And we are going to (laughs) hear about it from all sides. Below by below. Yes. Um, so this episode is already kind of a hot mess because we. I already like the chat we're having, but I still also want to be able to introduce you and let you introduce I, yourself. I'm a disaster. I'm just like, hello, let me talk at you without no, any I love it. sense of politeness. I love it. And like, you know what? This is These pandemic episodes are all like so, and I feel like that's what 2020 is. We'll just go with it. Just, I'm going to stop fighting things. That's what it's taught me is just go with the yes. flow. So, yes. Yes. Your intro is like 10 minutes into this episode. Yeah. So yes. Hello everyone. This is Jenny. Do you want your last name out? I mean, I don't, I always Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh man. My everything is out. You're okay. <laughs> it's Nordback and you're good. <laughs> so Jenny Nordback, she is from the Wicked Wallflowers podcast. Hello. Hello. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast and the other things you do that you might want to promote? Because I know you're also an author. Yeah. um, The Wicked Wallflowers podcast is, I mean, we're romance-centered, so like romance genre. We used to kind of have it together and do like author interviews and focus on like, I don't know, their writing process, how they got into romance, just like fun stuff for readers and also for other authors. And then, like you said, pandemic, we've kind of gone off the rails. So, yeah. like, recently we've been doing, like, a book wreck and a laugh. We've had a bunch of authors and friends and whatever come on and give us, like, a hilarious, embarrassing story and a book that has been keeping them happy during the pandemic because I feel like we just all need more good books and laughter. So, yeah, I love that. we're a mess, but we are getting through it and enjoying ourselves. So, I think that's what matters. Yes. I love that. That's 2020. That's like I said, yeah. that's what I've been. That's what I've had to let things go. It's like it's because otherwise I keep trying to stick to my normal plans and it's not working. No. And it's just radical me, so. self-acceptance, <laughs> whatever gets you through it. Um, and then, yeah, I mentioned I narrate audiobooks now. So that's I awesome. did one for Brill Harper. And if you're into the delightful filth, I'm doing several for Katie Robert right now. Um, her Your Dad Will Do uh is what I'm working on at the moment and then there's a, a like Christmas of July one and then a couple from her villain series so keep an eye out for that so this is amazing and I kind of have to it's like this is probably the only opportunity I'll have to ask this because one of the things I always think we touched on this when I read these series this is like combining the two things we just talked about together is like imagining 
either one of these narrators, like in a booth, reading these scenes out loud and like having to really sell them. Like, have you been in that position yet? Like, what is that like? Totally. Oh my gosh. It, I love it. Like I am shameless and have like zero discomfort with like dirty words and talking about sex and that kind of stuff. So I actually like thrive on those parts of the book and like really genuinely enjoy like getting into it and getting like when the male characters get like growly I love (laughs) voicing that because when you're reading it you're always like trying to think what does that sound like like he growled what does that even mean um so yeah I really really like it and I mean I like other people's takes on it too so that was part of the reason I listened to the audio for this one was like wait what do they do with the audio on this bonkers stuff (laughs) everyone's accent yes because that was the thing because I was so embarrassed to listen to them at first because that's how I discovered them was via audio because the whole series is on hoopla and like you can just they're free and you can just speed through them so like at first I was a little embarrassed every time we got to like a super sexy scene and like you get that paranoid that people can hear what you're listening to and all that stuff and like eventually I got over it but I still do wonder like when it's a really like particularly graphic or like seeing where they're really getting to it like how it must feel for this guy to maybe be in a booth I don't know if there's someone listening in uh I don't know if they record the audio and then send it to like a producer or director yeah. or somebody yeah so maybe he is usually all these days you're I mean I have recorded with a director in a sound booth before but um usually you're just doing it by yourself at home <laughs> I will say the funniest part is you still flub stuff up so I'll have I'll be like midway through a filthy scene and just something in the wording I can't get right and I'll have to say it like six or seven times before I finally get it so then when I'm going back through and editing sometimes I'll leave those just so I can take the chunk out and be like I'm gonna laugh about this later I'm gonna make like an outtake reel or something that's amazing oh I've never so thank you because I have never gotten a chance to talk to an like audiobook (laughs) narrator who like does romances and talk to him about that experience because if you listen to the first few episodes of this series I will not shut up about the audiobooks because I love them so it's just really interesting to hear I also love how the female narrator gives she's a little bit better at this than the guy at giving each character like a unique voice yeah like Georgie's Oklahoma she's like an Oklahoma twang and then like everyone has a little subtle so she's good at that yeah yeah yeah. There's yeah, there's so many characters in this series. So, okay, so I guess we should get into the book we discussed. We yeah. did Barbarian's Rescue. You got the title. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> this is Summer and Warwick's book. Um, this is a very sort of plot heavy book. There's a lot of action adventure happening in this one. Um, it moved, I would say probably more so than romance and like relationship development almost. Yeah. Yeah. I will yeah. say, that's one thing I like about the series is that, like, each book sort of does something different. Like, if you want a book that's really, the book before this, Barbarian's Redemption, it's really heavy on, like, the emotional, it's Ellie and Beck's book. I don't think I've read that one. Oh, it's, it's heavy. It's a heavy one. It's basically, and so I, I can review that because that's part of the plot discussion, but it's heavy. It's the first book that kicks off this sort of, like, mini arc. So in this series, we have these four, the four girls, the four women, excuse me, who have joined the tribe. And they've joined the tribe because the hero of the last book kind of bought them. They were slaves and he bought them and he brought them to the planet, had them brought to the planet. 
um, where they got like their queens and they incorporated them into the tribe. And then he resonated to one and she's like very angry at him because she's been a slave for a long time. She doesn't trust people. So it's a really good, it's a really good one. Like it's really emotional. It's, it's much more an emotional journey and like dealing with trust and redeeming yourself. Hence the title is Barbarian's Redemption. So that one is like a really like emotionally heavy one. And then this one we pivot and it's like fight scenes and laser blasters and, and like alien abductions. Not, well, I was going to say not very much emotion. It's there. It's just subtle. Like yeah. it's in, you have to kind of read the moments where like he's the silent one and always feels like people don't like that he's silent and she knows that people don't like that she's chatty and that they appreciate each other. Yeah. Is like where that emotional connection comes from. But yeah. And it's like you said, much later, I think, in the book. Yeah. Because all the other stuff is just, it's so packed. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Packed in the front. I don't know. There's a word that's front loaded. There we go. Front loaded. Yeah. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Hot mess. Yes. So, yes. So I will admit right up, this is probably <laughs> my least favorite of the series. And maybe it is a combination because the relationship feels so backseat. And because I'm not a big fan of the character who won't shut up, like, I feel really bad. I liked but, it more rereading it. So okay. I laughed when I saw that you'd said that because <laughs> I sort of, the first time I was like, shut up. Like, I know that you're self-aware that you can't shut up, but also just please shut up. And book-wise, because, like, I like dialogue and banter and, like, yeah. that dialogue-driven scenes. And because he's silent and she's chatty, you don't really get dialogue you get a lot of it's almost like just a lot of exposition or something or monologuing yeah so I, I think it didn't quite work for me as well the first time but I don't know just I was picking little moments out on this one where like she calls him motherfucker and he's like <laughs> wait what is what does my mother have to do with this and he's like trying to figure out what it means and just little stuff like that where I was like okay this is cute it's working for me so maybe it deserves another shot because like I listened to it once and I was like, I'm done with that. <laughs> and then I have the text in front of me as we record. And like, I will, and even when I say I like it the least, I don't hate it. I just yes. like it the least. So um, there are people who really like Warwick. I've done little polls on the Twitter account. And I think there are people who really dig like the big silent, but caring type. Like he, I get it. He fits a, he fits a type the one who doesn't talk but secretly like kind of loves you wants to hear everything you have to say and yeah like, I get it I like the strong silent type but I want him to be like menacing and kind of an anti-hero <laughs> Warwick's a little too good for me he, he's, <laughs> he's would he be a beta is he kind of a beta hero yeah I would say so like he's just very sweet and eager to please and like doesn't his only law if you can even call it that is just that he doesn't communicate very well initially but then it just sort of goes away so yeah well yeah. he gets in his own head because he's really like he keeps thinking about what his dad told him yeah and I'm like these these barbarians have some parenting issues when they have them they have them big but like he gets in his own head about what his dad told him about like oh don't fall I guess it's being like protect yourself so you don't get hurt yeah. only wait for resonance so he doesn't He's never had a pleasure mate. He's never had any kind of mate because he waited for resonance. And then when there were no women, he didn't even worry about it. So this is a big change for him. No. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you get like 
virgin hero, but I guess she's a virgin too. So you get a, a dual virgin pairing. Couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so she is, I don't know. So at the beginning of the series, it's like the one thing you could count is that they were all 22. And like, I don't know. In this one, we know Gail is older. And I think she's Brooke, 22. I caught it in this one. She, I was okay. like, 22. I used to think that was like an adult. And now I'm like, you're a child. They're babies. They're babies. And like, also, what a coincidence. Like that, I said this too, like these aliens really did their homework. And they are somehow <laughs> able to make sure every woman they abduct is 22. So bless them. So yes, she's, um, she's Asian American. So she's one of the, one of maybe three um, POC heroines the series has. She plays chess. I can't remember what she did for a living, and I don't know if it matters. Sometimes it matters, because sometimes they do that skill, like, in the camp. Like, Brooke is a hairdresser, and she she does everyone's hair. But sometimes it doesn't. Like, I can't remember what the heck Georgie was before she got So I don't think it's mentioned with Summer. I was like, what is her name again? (laughs) Sumar. 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 I love I love that. Um, and so, and she plays chess and there was something else. Yo, you said it. She knows that she has a problem shutting up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like she's not aware that she gets on people's nerves, which I kind of respect. Even as it yeah. annoyed me, I couldn't get mad because I'm like, well, she and Ruby both know it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it like some moments it's, it is irritating, but then it's kind of charming and endearing that she's aware of it and just like can't do anything about it and the reasons that she's doing it it's not because she's self-absorbed it's because she like is cerebral and just like panics and just spits things out yeah she thinks like a mile a minute is what it sounds like and she has to get it all out i i think what it really annoyed me to be honest is when like the action tension scenes are so up and i'm like will you shut up like like they're coming to kill you. Hi. Yeah, when she's still doing it, when they're like sneaking around the spaceship and you're like, just no. Which is a credit to Ruby Dixon that I'm that into the plot that I'm like, I need her to shut up before they capture her and they all get kidnapped and killed. So um, I have the outline. The outline is not really in chronological order. They were just like <laughs> some, some plot points that I wanted to make sure we hit. So, and again, I'm, I've let go. Like, I've realized when I try to do these episodes, like, in chronological, it's just, it stresses me out. So we'll just talk about the things Excellent. as they happen. So, yeah, so in the last, ep- the last episode, in the last book, the new women have joined. So they all have their queens now. And they all have their language. They have all been language zapped. And so, for some reason, there's a reason given. I don't, I don't think it's that it's fine for some reason Warwick and Summer are going off to this fruit cave yeah reasons it doesn't matter yeah, just I, insert <laughs> reasons here there was a be whole alone. long babbling thing and I skimmed it so <laughs> I was like what why like they just they're just going to this fruit cave because we need them separated I get it I see what you're doing Ruby you need two of these people <laughs> to be away from the rest reasons of the group. Yes. <laughs> and so but it's good for them because as they're walking to this cave uh War- Marduk who is the hero of Farley's book, his ship comes, lands back down. And they see that, now I can't get the name of these aliens. It's like a whole bunch of S's and a T. This, it's... I got nothing. <laughs> they return back and they see that they have started, I guess, kidnapping and gathering members of their little party. So it's like 
the four new women. So it's like Brooke, Gail, Ellie, Kate, and then Taushin, and then a few of their mates. So like while they're separated, they see that they have been kidnapped. Well, I guess I jumped a little bit too far ahead because they talk out, they're talking back and forth and she's really, she's not intimidated by him, but she's like, I don't know what to do with this guy who doesn't talk to me. Yeah. And I think she kind of assumes he doesn't like her because she doesn't, he won't talk. But he doesn't. He just has nothing to say. Yeah. And he likes listening to her. Yes. It's really like Finds her fascinating. Yes. Oh, we missed this. Work is probably one of the older age is really weird in this series but he says himself he's an older hunter and he's like 40 or something right 40 of their years which who knows okay how that translates over because she's a little freaked out by (laughs) but he's been waiting for a lot like not waiting but he's been by himself for a long time and all this other stuff so (laughs) then so let's talk about this like big action fight rescue scene because there's a lot that happens and I don't know if I get all of it and he's so they see all the aliens get caught up and like Summer sort of breaks down at first like she's not she doesn't keep a cool head she just she starts crying dead and she starts crying and then they realize they're okay but she's still crying because she's like they're gonna be slaves and yeah yeah she's not did I call her Brooke Summer it's fine <laughs> She's not like she's not a cool head in a hot in a hot uh moment is what she's not. And so it's sort of like up to Warwick. He wants to like comfort her, but she he's he's not great at it. And I think he just like doesn't he just like kind of leave her to go take care of the situation and she sort of gets up and help like how does he comfort her? I think he does initially kind of well, you know, the motherfucker thing is initially he like doesn't know what to do. So he's like, I'll just treat her like a child. And he kind of pats That's her right. on the head and says like, all will be well. And she's like, motherfucker, I'm not a kid. She gets really offended. And so then I think he does kind of hug her maybe. I mean, she like buries her head in his chest and he kind of puts his arms around her or something. But like awkward pat pat. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I pictured it. And then, but like she gets it together and they're like, they realize that they're the only two and they have to do something to save the rest of the group. And they basically come up with this really long, like, it's not long. It goes over, like, a couple of days, right? Because their first plan of action is to attract one alien to, like, a pit. And they push yeah. him in the pit. I think there's, like, four, four-ish alien enemies that they have to take down. Yeah. So, yeah, they, like are going to do something to the outside of the ship to lure one of them out to see what the problem is and fix it. And Warwick digs a trap, like a pit trap. Yes, which freaks me out. It was interesting to me that he didn't want to kill him. It seemed odd that there would be such a distinction between, like, personhood, alienhood, and, like, animals. It, yeah. And I guess I could sort of make an excuse for it because... If you come from a tribe where you literally, for, like, decades, have had, like, 12 people, and you could be like, oh, a loss of a person, or, like, another, even if, I mean, they are a separate species, though, which I guess goes to say, like, good on you, Mark, for, like, not being species. Yeah, and so he ties him up, and they take him back to the cave. And so this whole plan comes together, there's a really, like, and this is where I kind of skimmed and I kind of got lost because Summer goes on this really long analogy about chess 
and how yeah. in chess you have to think multiple moves ahead and you have to like claim your territory. And what is really cute though is Warwick is like really impressed by this. He's like, he's like that strategic mind. I love it. So, and so that's how they lay out their plan. And I guess that's why they do this long con because they've, they've realized they're outnumbered and they have to, they have to be strategic about how they get power and what they claim and what, I mean, like what resources they get before they just go charging into the ship and getting the other people out. So I guess there's that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't, <laughs> I feel like we're just going through this rescue scene because like, I just didn't, I don't come here for these action scenes. Yeah. And so, I mean, we can skim. <laughs> why would we draw it out on the podcast if realistically we were all sk- skimming it? So shit happens. Yes. Guns are fired. Bad guys are killed. She yes. destroys the ship's controls. They take over the ship. They free their friends. <laughs> wow. That was great. I love that. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go through. I saved you all from having to read those chapters. <laughs> and like, they're not terrible chapters. It's like, that's not what but I'm. That's not what we're here for. Oh, one point thing that we do need to point out is Summer loses her eyebrows. <laughs> she singes her eyebrows off. Yes. Completely and her off. eyelashes. Which, I don't, yeah. I mean, obviously we don't laugh about it when it happens to people for like medical reasons but like I had a friend in high school who shaved his eyebrows for something and it looks pretty silly you look weird and I heard that sometimes they don't grow back or they grow back exceptionally slow for some people so if you shave your eyebrows off you risk going for a very long time with little sparse eyebrows but Warwick does not seem bothered or phased by this no and in fact, so there is an incident. So this is where we start seeing like Warwick get a little protective of Summer. Um, so they sort of start connecting to each other. And like one night he stands guard and he keeps her company. But um, when she's with the rest of the group and they're telling the story of like what happened and she learns that Marduk had, um, no, that's not what it is. What she learns is that um, Harlow is kind of sad that they have to, de- not sad that they have to destroy the ship, but she's like, they blow up the ship, and I guess Carlos says something kind of offhand about like, oh, well, it's kind of sucks that we're losing another ship or losing this technology. And Summer gets kind of, not defensive, but she gets upset because she's like, oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't know that Marduk, because Marduk actually was able to tap into the controls and like gain access as a ship. She's like, I didn't know you could do that, yada, yada. I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to save you all. And he gets really like defensive because he's like, it was her, it was, you know, was Sumar who came up with this great plan to save us all. They should not be attacking her. And he like does that protective, like no one blame. Like he does the big protect, not big protective move, but he's like, no one blames you. You were great. And if anybody, if anybody thinks you are, you did anything wrong. Um, he basically is like, if anyone talks shit about you, come to me. And yes. he kind of glares at the rest of the group. And they're all like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> like, we're just, what like, went down just in the fruit cave? Yeah. <laughs> like, we were just saying. She's like, no, no, don't. I'm just saying. I mean, destroy the whole thing. But she's like, but it would have been cool to get some technology, which, you know. Har- that's why I always remember what Harlow did, because Harlow was a mechanic. She's mm. our tinkerer before she came to the planet. So so do we want to talk about works like daddy issues? We mentioned we- it. But we didn't go into, like, why and what happened. Because I think they're interesting. And they're one of the reasons why he goes back and forth about whether or not he even wants to approach Summer as a pleasure mate. Because he thinks about it, but he, like, questions himself. Yeah. 
I'm terrible. I kind of skimmed that stuff. But <laughs> I think the gist of it was that his dad was like well mated and in love and whatever. And she died. And then yes. he like never got over it. And no. so he like projected that onto his son in the sense that like it's not worth it. You know, don't ever fall in love, kid. Yeah. Which is really healthy to do to your children. <laughs> Yeah, it really messed messed him up. And then he dies earlier. He dies in the book. There's like the big earthquake. I don't know if you've read one of those yeah. books. Yeah. There's the big earthquake that destroys their caves. And I believe Warwick's father, I think. No, maybe. I'm, my brain is mush. I thought Warwick's father because they lost some elders. And I know. Um, I think it was that one. I was, I was mixing up with Hassan. But Hassan was the friend who was comforting Warwick. There we go. Guys, I've read so many of these books. <laughs> so they do all that and they like flirt back and forth. And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm sorry. Well, so like... they they discover that the ship was taken over by slavers and that there are like 14 new, well, there's humans and like four aliens on the ship. Yes. Held in these like stasis pods. Yes. This is and they have big... to decide what to do with them because that's a lot of extra people to fit into your society. Yes. This is a big. I remember reading this and I was like, what the fuck, Ruby? <laughs> For... But it's actually a spin off series. Have you read any of the Isom series? No. Oh, it's take. It's like this up to 11. Like there's oh. new aliens. There's a whole bunch of new women with different situations. Like there's it's there's a volcano, they're on a beach. It's, oh. it's wild. I will be jumping off of that deep end. Yeah. <laughs> they're like related and some characters from this series show up, but it's not um you don't have to read one to follow the other. Well, I think I mean I think it helps, of course, but you don't have to read what's happening in this one to keep up with that one. Okay. Um, I'm really struggling with this, like this one. I don't know why. Maybe because it is my least favorite. Maybe we don't talk about the plot. Maybe we just talk about their relationship and the yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about the stuff that was not working in the book. Well, yeah. not not working, but just yeah. Um, so I mean, it's cute. Their dynamic. They end up like they're going back with some of the people and. They're, like, kind of getting touchy under the blankets sort of deal. <laughs> and everybody can hear them. <laughs> yes. There is no privacy in this cave. I don't know how. Yes, so they're camping down for a night. And I think they, because it's so cold, so they share body heat. Which, I'm not going to lie, doesn't come up as often as you would think in this series. Yeah. Like, you would think there'd be more instances where strangers are sharing furs. Yeah. rub your body on me. I'm yeah. Cold. <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. She's like, rub your delightful suede muscly. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be cold all the time. (laughs) And it's just like, it doesn't have, like, it doesn't make any sense. Where are they? So she's like, oh, there's, I landed right on the scene where it's like, I feel Warwick's large, warm body slide under the blankets with me, and I forget all about being tired. He's down to nothing but his loincloth. When did that happen? (laughs) I seem to remember him wearing leggings as we walked because they had a decorative pattern down his legs and along the low-slung waist, and I thought they set off the tightness of his butt rather nicely. (laughs) Not that I was scoping out his butt. Okay, I was totally scoping out his butt. But seriously, Tails draw so much attention to that area. And then she's, like, lying there, and, like, they're heating up, and they don't go all the way. It's a lot of, like, heavy petting and kissing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think like a hand on the boob is as far as it goes that night. <laughs> Was that second base? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember bases anymore. <laughs> it's such a teenage thing and I feel really bad for saying it. I'm sorry. No, no. I just could never remember like what counts as what, because it didn't seem like there were enough bases. And I think people describe them differently now that I say it aloud. Because I think is over the shirt one base That's and what I under mean. the shirt. <laughs> but then, like, what counts is yeah. Because then, if you have like, there's not enough bases. It's a bad analogy, is my conclusion. <laughs> we only know I think first base and home run is the only things that are clearly defined. Everything else in between is a gray area. It's up for you to decide. Yeah. So and so then I think the next night he like takes her off to a nearby canyon to the canyon they're camping in and they're gonna like get down to business and I thought I loved the dynamic here because he's basically like tell me tell me about humans and she starts describing humans and he's like no like tell me what gets you off (laughs) she cannot help herself and so she they're like kissing and she likes it and then she's like guides him to her breasts and he like doesn't quite know he's like doing stuff to her nipples and she's like bite it and then she has made reference to her clitoris and her g-spot so he's like wait what is that show me and like makes her show him what and where they are and then he like figures it out for himself you just reminded me because I think that is a I'm gonna search the text. I think is this the book where work discovers the I think they call it the she spot. Yeah. And like a whole bunch of other hunters are like, hey, exactly. you need to tell us about this. And they're like and they mix it up with the clitoris at first. It's so funny. They yeah. mix it up with the clitoris at first and like, oh, we all know about that. And then I think there's a scene where oh, what's her name? Maddie. And Hassan are sitting there. And ha- Maddie's like, oh, well, you've always found mine. He's like, I have. He like perks <laughs> up. And he's like, I have. And then he whisper- she whispers in his ear. And he's like, oh, so that's what that is. Is that this book? Because I am mixing up. No, it is totally this book. Yeah. And that was cute. Because he like makes her scream and squirt, if I remember correctly. Oh, my- that night yeah. in the canyon. And so one of the guys, the guy who's keeping watch, I don't character names, comes up and is like, Bro, give me give me some tips. I've never made my mate scream like that. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, the quiet, quiet Warwick got the." And they're also like, "Quiet Warwick got the mouthy human female, and now she screams." Yeah, that that's a big because up until now, I don't think G spots have been a, like the clitoris has always been mentioned in this series. The G spot thing. Them calling it the she spot is just genius, by the way. It's like, it's a pun. It works on so many, it works on two levels, not so many levels, but it just works. It's great. But I don't think it's been mentioned before this book. And I wonder like what got into Ruby that she's like, you know what we need in this book now? We need squirting and we need she spots. She totally like discovered her own and was like, it's going in the book. They've all got to learn it now. (laughs) Because I forgot about the squirting thing. And it's like that... I don't know how I feel about that sometimes. It looks like I'm, I don't know. It's, it feels like I know too much about summer now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fine. I was just like, "Mm." yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm shameless, so I'm totally fine with it here for it. Um, Yeah. 
we got into no i'm not gonna take you i'm sure have a much more polite audience than mine so no we don't take you like, down the squirting road that we went down on wicked wallflowers but you really don't you've heard any of the other episodes with that <laughs> with the face sitting and all the other things we talk about oh my gosh no we just had uh, a friend of mine is a professional male dominant um, ah. and so we had him on the show and we started having a conversation about squirting and he has like hundred percent success rate of making women do this. Um, and so we just were trying to get, and then it turned into everybody wanting him to come do a like Facebook live to explain it and demonstrate. So <laughs> we went like right off the rails. Here. It's like what happened with this group? Oh my God. That's exactly it. Where they're like, wait, okay. But what was that? Teach me. <laughs> we want the secrets. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, these are, they're like the ideal, right? Between their, what do they call the, their spur? Yes. Which, why is male anatomy not designed like that? It's, they're defective. Like we have this prime real estate and can you imagine if they did have something that like got the spot while you were having like P and V intercourse? Like, yeah. It would be so much better. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and it's weird because it fits so perfectly. And they, she did go and explain why, if the women don't have clits, why the men have spurs. But it's still like, I, I don't know, I guess. Because it feels, do you know the backstory of like, so the female suck, we don't have clitorises. Because no. the men are always surprised by them when they go down on the women. So no, like, maybe I do know that. Yeah. So they have, like, apparently what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to spread, like, the men's pheromones and, like, sit. It's, like, part of a mating thing. It's like, oh, this woman is mine. But it's, like, that still is, it's still, they should still have something there to either receive. Like, it just doesn't fit perfectly. It makes, I don't know. And maybe this is me really over, really overthinking the anatomy of this fake alien species. But I'm like, if that is a purpose, then they should still have something receptive yeah. in them that takes advantage. Like, they shouldn't be surprised by the clit. Like, they should have a some kind of equivalent. Yeah, I don't know. I'm overthinking this. And I don't no, even know where I'm going. No, you're not at all. Because it feels like it's created perfectly for human anatomy. Yes. And why wouldn't the alien anatomy be equally or more perfect? Yes. I guess because human anatomy is like that, like, like we just said, like I think it's not perfect. Men have a design flaw. Damn it! <laughs> we knew that. That was rude. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, so they have sex like right away, and like they connect really fast. And for, I'm always shocked by how like this sounds really weird. Good at sex, the men are even when they're virgins. Like I don't know if it's just because they're eager students. And they're like, I'll just... I mean, that goes a long way, right? It maybe, yeah. And like, I think it's that because I've seen other books where like you're too good, usually in the context of historicals, where like the men are like the typical lie back and think of whatever, or the woman's not supposed to enjoy it, and then like on the flip of a dime, they're like giving a really good head and all this other stuff. I'm like, who yeah. taught you that, sir? I know yeah. this era, and you just stated earlier that you believe women should just lie back and take it. So I don't know where you got this skill. This one, I think you're right. Like, the eagerness sort of makes up for the fact. I think it does go a long way, because they do talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
and they're very eager to please and like they're paying attention uh-huh. He doesn't Having have said that though, I don't know. Like I think back to my earliest experiences and I was very eager to please and like open to direction and I was still bumbling around, like <laughs> did not know what I was doing or how hard to do it or yeah. like what you could get away with. So Yeah. And they're both I remember they're both for because like he asked her where her clit is, so he doesn't need to find it. So he's she's just like, just tell me where it is. And then I mean, I guess so. How bad can you mess up if you're literally nuzzling someone's clitoris? Because that's what he's, he's, he goes face, full face in. Yeah, like, yeah. Nuzzling this woman's clitoris. And I feel like if you do that, I guess, like, how badly can you fail? I don't, again, I'm overthinking this weird alien yeah. No, I mean, it should at least, like, feel good. I yes. just... I mean, we're all different, right? But, yeah. like, you've got to get to, like, a certain intensity before You're I'm going to climax. So, yeah. Yeah. but I guess you can kind of, if he's paying attention, he will notice what is working and what's not. So, yeah. maybe oh. it's possible. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's real. It's. I'm going to go with it. Like, you know what? They're eager. They're aliens. Maybe he's been listening. Well, no, because we also learned they don't, they don't kiss and tell, which blew my mind. Yeah. That was on a previous episode where, because we we're like, why does every alien act like they've just discovered a brand new information when they get blowjobs? You would think the first blue alien that got a blowjob would turn around and tell all the other blue Right? <laughs> They're total traitors for not sharing this but information. They don't, they don't apparently, but then here they apparently sit around the, <laughs> they sit around the fire and talk about it. I mean, if they did do it, you would lose the delight of that happening that's, every time. That's so, true. yeah, it's my favorite thing. My favorite thing is when they act completely surprised by this thing that every other alien male acts completely surprised about. <laughs> and yet, I love it. I will come back for it every time. Yes. Oh, so there's the the she spot. The so, she spot. <laughs> so yeah, they find it and they. Yes. Oh, tell me more. I wish to make my Kate scream like a snow cat in heat. <laughs> they all sound really put upon, too. They're like, I need to know. And, like, apparently she, like, pulled out a piece of his hair. Like, they really, these two really went at it. And so this is where they're heading back to the to the tribe. And he decides, kind of then and there, that he wants to make Summer his, even without resonance. Because throughout this whole book, we've been told that Warwick is waiting for for resonance and if it never happens or that's what he's been waiting for and if it never happens it's not he's not like some of those other aliens who are just ready to steal women he's like if it happens i guess it happens he's lived this long which is my i love the women the women stealing it's just so funny yes (laughs) it's like my every i was about to say childhood but we'll call it adolescent fantasy come to life (laughs) there's like and she does it because in the ice home book there's one and I've already gone. I don't know if I kept it. I went on a rant with Jen from Faded Mates about mm. one of the books where they do a kidnapping plot and it's done very poorly. And I don't know if I kept it on the recording or not. I don't know if I included it, but and if I did, maybe I won't include this one. But he drugs her, he gives her a oh. tea that's like has some kind of thing that makes her sleepy, and then he takes her from the tribe and you know, ensconces away with her into the mountains. And I'm like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that at all. And I don't know. First, I don't. 
I could go, listen, I could, that would be a whole nother episode if I get into it. <laughs> because I don't like it. I don't like the fact that he's not punished for it. He basically comes back and everyone's like, shake. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> kick him out. Make him like go. Every other character who did that in the book got punished. Like, I think, what's his name? Who's the angry one in the second book? Rahash. He like got exiled for like a year. And there was a whole dramatic scene when they got split up. Like, I don't yeah. know. So the kidnapping thing, I'm a big fan of. Um, I feel like I keep getting a soft track. There is no track. We <laughs> obliterated the track at the beginning. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me to like stop stressing yeah. because sometimes I'm like the little director in me is like, you got to stay. Yeah, no, I completely relate. And that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> so we touched on this and this is an interesting conversation because I love it. They find this group of women and aliens and, like, they're like, oh, what do we do? And I just think it's really something that these alien men who are so thirsty for women at the beginning of this series, there was no question. They were opening up all those tubes. They were getting all those girls out. But now that everyone has their little mate, they're, they're like, we, we don't need anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, I guess they have gone through some things since then. Like, they've had, like two or three alien landings where someone's like shot at them. So, but it's still like, guys, that's kind of, if they're not useful to me, we don't need them here. That's what it was. And I didn't like it. Yeah. 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 And like, to some extent, they're like, you know, resources and food and clothing and whatever, you know, like, can we even safely take care of these people? But at the same time, like, you figure it out. <laughs> and eventually they do. So I'll give them that answer. But like, Vectal is lying awake at night, like, <laughs> debating this problem. And then Beck. So Beck is the one in this book who was adamant that the ship needs to be destroyed. And he doesn't want the capsules open because he's like super protective of his mate. He's like, I don't want to, I don't, he doesn't want to endanger Ellie. He's the book beforehand, the one who bought the slaves. <laughs> so, so it's like, he didn't think about that at the time, buddy. So again, we're just changing our morals. He's consistent. <laughs> so, and so he's like really back and forth about whether or not we want these people in the tribe. So I don't know. It's just fun. I mean, I guess like, what would they do? Cause now they've got an opposite problem before they had too many men. Now they're going to have way too many women. I've asked this, and I haven't asked it recently. Would you, how, what would you do? You're on the ice planet. What would, like, how would you survive? Like, what would be your skill that you would contribute? How would you adapt? Like, because some people are like, I would be the teacher, or I would be a hunter. A lot of people like the artisan route. Like, people are like, I'll just sew or craft. Yeah. Do you know what um, you would do? Oh, man, like my zombie apocalypse skill. <laughs> I mean, I w- I'm not really a hunter as personality wise but I am like definitely an outdoors woman so like the outdoors skills I'm really comfortable with so I feel like that would quickly adapt to the hunting portion it's just right now I don't really have to kill things so I don't like killing things but if I had to kill them I would be totally fine with being the one out hunting yeah maybe like Liz yeah like I could start a fire and like do the the outdoorsy shit um Beyond that, I don't know. I can write filth. <laughs> Listen, they've got to do something for entertainment. I think about yeah. that all the time. Like, there's 
because when you, you can't think just about be like, in survival mode all the time, yeah, and you're you all have been on this planet at least. I would. I'm thinking they've been on almost eight years at this point. Like you've learned how to you've learned how to make fires. You've done all the learning. You're probably just bored as hell sitting around. Like someone has to be making up stories or singing. Like, is there a talent night? What is the yeah. barbarian ice oh, planet I talent like, night like? I like that novella. <laughs> like who's singing? Who is making up makeshift instruments? I'm definitely not singing, but since <laughs> they're like all gonna be paired off, I feel like I could write like filthy foreplay stories that we tell around the fire and then everybody goes off and bangs their mates. <laughs> and like that's what I I would love to see that. Like I want to see like what are they doing to entertain themselves and Yeah. And I guess that's why they talk about sex all the time cuz like that that's what they're doing to entertain themselves to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah, this is accurate. <laughs> if you got if you got like a predetermined mate who you're super horny for and nothing but time yeah, it's not a bad way to spend the day, I guess. <laughs> I, I still think about the chafing. I just, I don't know, maybe the quee helps with that, too. I've already, it, I've already sent on that. It's the too. magical solution to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, which kind of leads, like, so at the, they resonate super late in this book. It's like mm-hmm. the last chapter. Yeah. Because they've gone back and forth. And so we have these women, not just the women, excuse me, we have this group that we're going to open up. And I think, I can't remember exactly what it is, but Vectal is getting a group of hunters together to go. Oh, that's what he's doing. They're back at the tribe. Vectal is getting a group of hunters to go back to the ship to examine the, the pods or whatever they are in. And at first Warwick is like signed up to go. And Summer does not like this. Cause she's like, what if he gets there and he sees like a hot new young thing in one of those pods. <laughs> <laughs> and they resonate, and I'm going to be mad about it. And so she comes up with this really weird plot to kidnap him, which ends up being completely unnecessary because he just agrees to stay in the tribe because he wants to stay with her. But it's yeah. really funny. Like, she, like, ties him up. It gets, like, rope play in the last yeah. chapter. Yeah. We should just talk about that, I guess. Yeah. It's – she, like, asks permission and then to, like, make sure he's not really needed. And then, like, tells him that that's what's happening and ties him up. And he's, and then they start to resonate. And he's like, untie me. And she's like, no. No, <laughs> she doesn't. Sit down and I'm going to climb on top. Yes. So, like, and he's really nervous because he, like, he calls her, she calls him into this separate hut by themselves. And she's like, sit down. We need to talk. He willfully, dutifully, without a second thought, closes his eyes and sit there while she ties him up. And, like, yeah, and like, do they have sex the whole time with him? Like, not the whole time. I know they don't. Eventually. But I don't remember him being untied at any point. I'm looking at it now because cause they resonate. Wait a minute. Because they're touching. He's still tied up. They're touching. And then they resonate. And they're like, it's, it's happening. This is it. And he asks to, like, be untied. And I think... You're supposed to be my captive. Why would I free you? I'm having such fun. So he's still tied up. <laughs> and <laughs> they've already resonated. She's kissing him. Free me, he murmurs. I've got a better idea. I tell him I hook my fingers in his leggings and drag them down his big muscle thighs. How about you sit down and I crawl into your lap? I don't think they do. I think, I don't think they do. I think he's tied up the whole time. And, she, and he gives her instructions because he tells her, like, climb onto my cock, my heart, which is a sentence right there. 
Yeah, yeah. I might have a hard time narrating that line and keeping a straight face. <laughs> it's it's the I don't it's that's such a sentence, and I don't know if it's because it's so graphic along with the term of endearment right at the end. It's when my heart is such a like cutesy term of endearment. <laughs> And it's very close to cock in that sentence. It's it's right there. It's one word away. <laughs> and it's climb on to. And so, yeah, so they have full-on sex there. And, like, that's the last chapter of the book is them having, and I think, is that the first, is that the first, that's the first and only time in the book I think they have penetrative sex. Because mm. I think before it's him eating her out, and that's what makes her scream. And do all they the... do it once when they first get back to the village? Yeah, because I think he's like on top the first time. Because that isn't them losing their virginity. They're like, yeah, they've done it once or oh, okay. whatever number of times they did that night, <laughs> the night before, I assume. <laughs> Okay. And I think and that's see, when she's like, no, I'm keep, this is my dick now. He can't go look at other women. <laughs> you're right. Yes. And see, like, the sex, because, like, for all the um, buildup to, like, all the foreplay and stuff, the actual penetrative stuff, in this one at least, doesn't get a lot of description. Like, we hear, we read all about, like, the she spot and how he... he He's like finger-banging like, her, her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and licking her and everything. But when they actually have, like, the penetrative sex, it's one page. It's like, she, he's like, sit on, climb my cock, my heart. And she sits on him. And it's like, there's a little bit of, like, thrusting. And then, like, it literally ends. He, like, comes. And it literally, the book ends. Yeah, it was abrupt. <laughs> it, it was such a weird pace and structure for a book because there's like so much action and tension in the beginning when they're like fighting the aliens but then it's like that gets resolved before the halfway mark and then it's just like they're walking and sexually exploring a little bit mm-hmm. and then they fuck and then she's like no stay here and they fuck again and then the book's over and like and they resonate yeah 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 which they- i guess is by virtue of it being on the shorter end Mm-hmm. Like it's always gonna feel like that with the shorter books because you aren't getting as much meat to the plot. But just yeah. this one in particular, I think, felt weird because it was like so much action and then like no action and boning, which I'm totally fine with. But it was an odd like shift. Yeah, a lot of the sp- time, space, time, whatever at the front that we would have spent like with them as they like, and they do get to know each other, but it's not in a romantic sense. And it's not like, and they do develop an appreciation for each other, but because the plot stuff is so, it's so, it's like, it's just moving everything forward and it's so much tension and there's so much going on that that's not the focus. So then when they do sort of shift to the relationships, the focused they don't get as much time. Like, I don't feel, I feel really rude right now. I don't feel as attached to these two as characters or as a couple because I feel like I don't know them as well because yeah, they sort of had sex twice and then resonated. When there wasn't really any tension, if there wasn't really anything keeping them apart, it didn't feel, like, he initially, you know, had been set up to be hesitant about taking a mate, but he pretty quickly decides, like, <laughs> no, I'm going to do the thing. Oh so yeah, after she pulls kind of his hair out. Wait, you're just like waiting for it 
to happen and there there's no like dark moment in the relationship there's no like you don't ever think like maybe they're not going to make it or maybe they're not going to be together right which and I mean that's not a threat in a romance generally but you still expect them to face some kind of challenge right and I guess because they had their challenge a really big one right at the front and we've got to take down this these alien kidnappers that after that everything else just the stakes the stakes started up here, yeah. super high. So then everything else after that just doesn't. It's like, well, I mean, you you destroyed a spaceship and rescued your whole tribe. I mean, that's the yeah. That's and then it's like the biggest source of conflict is that they're in a cave with no privacy and can't make noise, so they have to wait. Like <laughs> that's what's keeping them apart. I forgot that in that scene, apparently, like because there's a kid with them. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot like, that part. I think they actually get scolded. Like, if y'all are going to do that, do it quietly. The kid is trying to sleep. <laughs> Which is so what? uncomfortable. I cannot imagine. Like, the kids have to, like, the kids are seeing stuff. Like, they're walking in on their parents or waking up to their parents all the time. It just, like, Which are not necessarily current... a bad thing, but, like. Yeah, it's weird because our modern civilization is so separate and private about, yeah. or at least Western yeah. world, America, whatever, is so separate and private and whatever. But not that long ago, you were in like a one room house if you were lucky. Like the whole family yeah. was in there and people were still having babies. So yeah. they must have been doing it. And yeah. it's not like there was anywhere else for them to go. So exactly. I think it must have been more normal and more just like a thing that happened and you kind of ignored it yeah i don't know it's like just, it, it just cracks me up. i feel like the kids trying to sleep yeah so yeah so that and i don't want to hate i feel like we really didn't hate on this book but like i just feel this book has a lot and each of her books in her series i feel like does a different role and this book has a really big role in like completely like drop kicking and starting this whole new series and I think it's just sort of sometimes to the at the expense of them sub developing as a couple so it's not a bad book I like the action and I like how it, she just completely blew my mind by like developing fifth, introducing 16 new people I was right. really excited about it I was like yes Boom. <laughs> but I do think it comes at the expense of like I just, of all the couples, I feel most distant from these two. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely sweet, cute moments, but this wouldn't be one that I would have gone back to. And like, I enjoyed it more the second time, but I'm not like, oh, I'm definitely going to reread this. I'm like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Like, well, and it's funny because as I said on my Twitter, there are a lot of people where work is their favorite. And I feel yeah. like I am doing him dirty. And I want to say I'm sorry. but Yeah, I feel bad. I feel like <laughs> someone who adores him should have done this episode instead of me where I'm like, eh. Well, I mean, it's sweet. But it's could he sweet, just be yeah. like a little bit bad or like, yeah, have be less nice? I don't know. <laughs> or like just... just... Getting in his head is fine, but I would like to see him tell some of the things he's thinking about to... Like, I would have liked it if he'd said more of those things he was thinking about to Sever. Like, yeah. the dirty talk is there when they're having sex. Because they're all, they're all great at the dirty talk. Yeah. But when they're, like, together at the beginning and he was, like, expressing interest, I wanted to see him tell him those things more. I yeah. like... Ruby Dixon can write a sappy... Like, not the sex scenes. Sex scenes are different. But she can write a sappy 
sentimental mushy love scene. Like she's one of my favorite. Like always, anytime they get like super, like super soft and super squishy, and they talk about how much like you came, I had nothing, and then you came, and now I have a family, and I don't know what I would, like. I I'm here for that shit. I love it totally. Like yeah. I am such a sap for that stuff. So I really like it when the characters do that. And I don't think because he's not a talker, he just didn't do it. Yes. There were a couple little moments. Like the moment he defends her on the spaceship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that you was, were getting. But yeah. it's like I said earlier, you kind of have to read between the lines to find it. They're not spelling it out the way some of the other characters would have. Mm-hmm. Um, or God, I can't remember. There's something uh, it's like when they're deciding who's going to sleep where and they're like, well, no, Summer's not going to have anyone to keep her warm. And he's like, don't you worry I'll, about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep Summer warm. Yeah. But that's not emotional either. Yeah. Like, it, it is in the sense that it felt kind of protective and possessive, but mm-hmm. it isn't entirely about that. So Yeah. It wasn't the schmaltzy stuff. Yeah. Which I'm here for. And like, that's what I like because she does a really good balance of like, a lot of the sex and then a lot of the emotion because that's why I tend not to get too much into erotica because like I still like the emotion stuff yeah. there and I don't want to feel like I'm hating on anybody's thing like I know it has an audience and I get why I just <laughs> can't get into it because like I like I like both of it so like yeah have a filthy series but then have them be like schmultzy saps too because I, I like that too yeah I never know where the line like what's erotica what's erotic romance and what's just straight romance yeah yeah I think I mean I have like there to be the like feelings and intensity and just like motivation and a reason yeah um but I think I in a good erotic romance I get that but maybe not in straight erotica I'm not sure but yeah that's what I would consider this an erotic romance right I think I accidentally called it Rom Rodica in one episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I get really confused, but I think if the if their sexual journey is part of the like what drives their emotional connection forward, then it technically starts to verge into erotic romance. So, okay. oh, that's hard to. De- oh, that's tricky. It's Some really tricky. Blow- yeah, mess me up. Okay. That's good to know. Huh. I didn't know it was like, that was the guideline. I thought it was more of like, how much sex is there? Yeah, how I think it's that like, their, some of their growth and like character development and their relationship growth has to come from the sex. It's not just that they're like having sex as an expression of love. It's that like, there's something more happening there. But like I said, I don't know. I get really confused. <laughs> I'll be like, wait, there's sex in this too. Like, why is this not? I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, okay. So I do have to ask then, who is your favorite barbarian hero? Oh. If you have one. I don't know if I do. I need to go back and like, we did, um, when we were reading, or when we were talking about Immortals After Dark, we ended up putting a spreadsheet together (laughs) of like, who everybody had to rank their favorite heroes and heroines, like you had to do them in order. And Mm -hmm. I could not for the life of me remember half of the books or plots or character I was like I I had to go back and look at every single book to be like wait what was this one and what does he do and I feel like that's what I would have to do here too I have no they blur for me yeah I think I just read them too fast you get it 
Well, again, like in going through this plot, I was like, yeah, and then I think they had sex, and then they blew up a ship. Yes, I get it. And I mean, it's, I do think sometimes this book gives me like boy band, like the heroes give me boy band vibes. And I say that in the best way. Like, you know how, like, in a well produced, not like one that occurs organically, but like a produced factory man made boy band, you've got like, each man like serves like a role. You got like the cute yeah. one. You got like the bad boy, and you've got like the dancer or whatever. And I feel oh, like that's the perfect description <laughs> for the way romance series set up. <laughs> I feel like that's this one does it perfectly because you've got like the gr- angry, growly, rough one. You've got like the quiet, the quiet, helpful one. You've got the bad boy. <laughs> you've got the jokester. Like they're all like they're all there. You got the sensitive one. They're all there. And it's just like, it cracks me up how well she's written a hero for everybody. Yeah. So oh, I'm trying to think, is there anything we've hit like an hour? I'm trying to think if we hit everything. Going at we have, I was, I think I wrote stories like this when I was like way too young to be writing stories like this. <laughs> I've had this like weird alien abduction obsession since I was probably like 10. Like it's, I don't know. My brain wow. has just been like wired for this stuff forever. Like for as long as I can remember. So you're a good person to ask, why do you think like the alien books have appeal? Like why I think like, cause I kind of get in this book, I kind of get like, being taken away somewhere where someone has to take care of you because of survival. Like you can't, you don't have all the skills. They are, they are made to survive on this planet. I'm trying to figure out like what it is. Is it like being away from earth and all of Earthmen's issues? Is it? Yeah. I mean, it takes <laughs> you out of the reality of this world. Right. And like the limitations of relationships here and puts you into this other space where like, they can magically be like experts at sex and have spurs. Yeah, spurs. And I don't, I mean, I've always definitely had a like dub con, non con kind of obsession. So I think in those adolescent formative years, it was partly that. It was partly the like that you've been like captured mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the kind of, choices being taken away like yes clearly as an adult I understand that consent is important but as a fantasy it was appealing that like you would be captured by this alien race that's like magically amazing at sex and they want to take you as their pleasure I mean in my one it was probably pleasure slave pleasure mate whatever it is like yeah they're just I don't know is this bizarre appeal to it yeah. And the aliens in this series, because I've read some other ones where they're like, they're just humans in different colors, but that mm. is not the case here. Like they are the spurs, the downy suede skin, the yeah. ridging, the <laughs> horns, tongues. The yeah. Tails. And there's always something I forget. There's always some I had feature. I have forgotten about the tail and I had to go back because it said something about his tail was something in the air. And I was like, wait. They have tails? I didn't remember that. They have tails, and I've complained about this too. They don't come up in sex as often as you would think. Like, yeah. maybe more tail play. Yeah. 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 If there's a tail, it should be serving some purpose. Like, so, and then I forget about the eyes. I forget that everyone has the eyes, not just the aliens. So that means the women are walking around with blue glowing eyes too. Which would probably be a little freaky in real life. 
It would be so freaky. It'd be and like, like all you know, of like, this would be freaky. <laughs> like, you know, like when you see a cat in the dark, and then <laughs> like that's what it's got to be like. So, oh no, my phone is dying. <laughs> okay, so we can, that's good. We got a good hour, so I think yes. we can wrap up. So, have you read? I think I've asked you. Have you read Crazier? Have you read Dirtier? I saw this on your outline and I was like, how do I answer that? I've definitely, I don't know. I famously just go down these like literotica rabbit holes where I'll come back to our Facebook group and be like, guys, I just, I was like looking at tentacle porn and I'm not sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Or well, like, that's what fiction's for. Dragon shifters, but like they were in dragon form when they were doing it with a human and like I'm okay with it and so I'm definitely I, my standards are like I completely off the rails so when I read this stuff I'm like yeah cool he has a spur he has a tail like I'm fine with it yeah. when those of us who've already been through like Immortals After Dark like horns you're already on board those are pretty Presley tame. did not go far enough with like the genitalia I think though like, if you're going to add horns that are sensitive during sex, like, give us a spur or something. Like, bridging, I don't know, something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to Presley about this. <laughs> I still have to start that series. Don't tell at me. But yeah, that's the one I've heard a lot about. And it's like, that's why I haven't listened to the first season of Faded Bates yet. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to finish it. So, okay. Well, I know you're, I want to make sure we get your at least wrap up. And so you can promote your things before your phone dies. So, Thank you for reading this book and talking about it with me. I feel like it's a big ask of people to be like, yeah, read this Blue Alien sex book and then record a no, conversation with I'm, it. With I'm glad it like got me. I mean, you starting this podcast is what got me to start reading the books. Like I had held oh, really? out for the longest time. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And when I was like, wait, if she's this into it, like I'm going to have to actually give in and go see what the deal is. So they are... thank you. You are Yay. responsible for me binging. <laughs> I've heard that from other people, so I'm glad that's my legacy. So can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find Wicked Wa- Wicked Wild, Wicked Wallflowers? I wanted to call you Wicked Wallflowers. Wicked no, Wallflowers this is like podcast. me narrating. You're- <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me personally everywhere as Jenny Nordback, and my last name sounds like it has a C in it, but it doesn't. Um, so it's just Jenny, N-O-R-D-B-A-K, Um and then, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Um, but I really am most active in the Wicked Wallflowers Facebook group, which is called the Wicked Wallflowers Coven. Um, ah. It's just such a, like, sisterhood with men. Um, it's a very, like, loving, supportive group, and we enjoy it. Um, and then my podcast is the Wicked Wallflowers Club. So you can and you have a co-host, too. I do. My co-host is Sarah Holly, and she is wonderful. She's a riot. Um, awesome. She's my college roommate, so oh, it's really cool. always fun to like be able to shoot the shit with some of your best friends. That's what Black Chick. Li- well, we weren't roommates, but we lived on the same floor, so that's how that's that how started. It starts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. No, thank um, you. It was so nice to actually see you. Yes. <laughs> it's really nice to like I listen to people's voices and then to finally like and see them on Twitter and then actually get to talk to them in person so awesome yay well that was fun I really did love the discussion about being a erotic audiobook narrator I kind of want to 
interview more. Um, thank you, as always, for listening in. I do have next books, the next books episode ready, and I am joined by the illustrious Katrina Jackson. Oh, I'm so excited to share this one with you. We read Brooke's book, and we discovered that poor baby Tauschen is kind of a dummy. It's okay. He's the true himbo. So I'm really excited to share that episode with y'all. Um, thank you for listening. I hope, as always, as I said, you're staying safe. You're staying socially distanced. You're staying healthy and as mentally secure as one can in this godforsaken year. Um, have a great rest of your week. And until next time, bye.